0: Hello, friends of the podcast. I am your host, Miles. And I'm Cam. And today we are going to finish off the metal family. That's right, we're not talking about the periodic table of elements here.
1: (laughs) Nope, not this time. Back to our family of uh, obsessed musicians, I guess.
0: Okay, let's uh, carry on (laughs) here to the next one. Uh, This is where things get fun, okay? I kind of consider this Mm. to be its own... Season almost the way that it's presented because the first one were shorts
1: now we're getting into the longs yeah episode nine
0: episode nine this is the start of the origin story of glam where we learn his name is sebastian we find out how strict and i'm using air quotes here his father is and how much pressure was put on him to succeed this is where lydia and chive are also introduced
1: I mean I mean we've seen Lydia before, but we get to know like really how important both of them are in are in his life.
0: Yeah, like this is how they were introduced to his life, I should yeah, say. Yeah. That's
1: a that makes a little bit more sense.
0: Yes. Now <laughs> I have to say the first episode was like oh this is pretty good. The second one was like a met to me. Uh episode what was it, seven, I think it is?
1: Yeah. Where that's we... the one
0: that like or not seven. Episode four. The oh, you mean when they have the poker? Because nope. uh... no, the one after that. The episode five then. Okay. So episode five was like, okay, you have my attention now.
1: Right, uh-huh. right, 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 right. Episode Where...
0: nine, ten. This is the payoff.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. This is I like see, okay. Yeah. This is what I. This is what I'm here for. Mm, oh my god, did you yeah, deliver? Yeah, 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 right. Well, I mean. <sighs> There are so many things happening, even just in this one episode. But it is a lot longer, right? Yeah, right. We're talking three times the run length. Yeah, this was something that was like, what, 15 minutes, something like that. It was was long. That's really all that's important compared to the other ones. While everything else is averaging under 10 minutes, this one just like goes over no big deal. And just you're along for the ride. Um, so I do like how they show, well, I,
0: I guess we, what we should talk about first of all, because both you and I are gun guys. Oh,
1: when, when he, uh, when he gets, uh, when he gets his Smith and
0: Wesson. Yeah uh his smith and wesson the model that he says the box i think it's 49
1: he, right no i'm pretty sure it's a 27 27 yeah yeah his like smith his and wesson whole thing. 27
0: is not actually a 44 magnum they they got that wrong
1: yeah that one um, is that one's the like the 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 357 or something or version isn't it or no something? it was an odd caliber it was a really weird oh, it was like okay. a 40 or something okay oh yeah like a yeah, 10 mil yeah yeah or something strange like that. it was not a common
0: caliber which is probably the why... model
1: twenty nine is the one that's the forty four. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly right. So uh you but know But we'll the get model that. twenty but the model twenty seven is in that same family of large frame hand revolvers. It's just the twenty nine is the dirty hairy revolver. <laughs> yes. Now uh I I mm-hmm. do like uh this episode
0: and how they show that trauma and how it gets passed down. Uh, in terms of, like, how abusive his father was. His father mm-hmm. was a horrible person. Mm-hmm. And his mom couldn't really do anything about it. She didn't really have the tools to do anything about it. And, of course, the sister stayed out of the way because she didn't want to be next, right?
1: Which is interesting because of the fact that she still gets to succeed in a way. You know, when he com- uh What the heck was it? She got third place to get into the conservatory... And that was, yes, good job, good for you. Uh, that's to be expected of a girl sort of thing. And so Sebastian is the one who's going to get first place. And he's the one who's going to, you know, set the standard considering his pedigree and all that other bullshit that his father talks about. I mean, let's be fair,
0: though. Is Lydia getting third place a success the way that his her father, their father would present it? No, like, this is as good as you can do. You're a woman, right? So she's I, still pushed down. Yes, it's ab- just at least she's not getting physically abused. Oh yeah. So
1: so funny thing about this actually is that this is a a story that my mom told me. Oh man, I think this must have been one of the first times I got like an A plus or something in school, and I came home and I was uh, oh right, I got like a 90 or something in one of my classes. And you remember how um, on your report card you'll get a a letter grade and the the number mark corresponding to it, and then you also get uh, your rating in terms of how much effort you put in, right? And you would either get excellent, satisfactory, or needs improvement based off of how you acted to get that grade or whatever. So one of the first times in my life, I got like a a 90 or something, and my effort was rated as satisfactory, whereas every other time in my life, I got excellent. And my mom was just kind of like, sounds like you could have easily gotten 100 if you actually put in the effort. And I was just like, yeah, but I didn't really care about that class. And she's like, yes, but if you put the effort in, you would have got 100. Let me tell you a fun story about the one time where I got the best mark in my class. And I came home and I showed my dad that I got an I got an H. You know, I got I was an honor student. It wasn't just that I got an A grade, I got an H grade, which is like getting an A plus back then. Yep. Um I had the top mark in the class. I, I think she had 96% or something was the final Number and she showed it to her dad, and he said, Well, what about the other four percent? 96 out of 100. Why didn't she get 100? And like in her mind, she was like, What do you mean? I'm the top of the class, I am the best student, but oh no, I didn't get that extra four percent. And so, what you're not proud of me at all? No, I mean, maybe he was, but he certainly wasn't showing it. So, this kind of reminds me of two people. They were
0: super achievers when Mm -hmm. it comes to to grades and marks. Mm -hmm. Uh, The one guy, he had, and I do not kid you, above 96 in every single class he was in. And uh, the girl was right up there with him. And it just reminds me of this. uh, Basically, I'm telling you all this because I remember one time talking to them and they were pissed. Because one teacher said that they do not believe in hundred percent, so they went and they they went above and beyond everything. They did all the extra credit. They even pushed and did like extra, extra, extra assignments Mm -hmm. to push him to do it to give them a hundred. And they both had ninety nine percent in that class, but they didn't have a hundred. Yeah, and (laughs) I I guess this is kind of where. the guy and I kind of fell out because I said, so (laughs) like, why does it, why does it matter? Like, it's not (laughs) that big of a deal. Like, (laughs) I don't know. Like, sure. You, by all means, if you want to achieve, achieve, if that's your thing and that, that motivates you, take that motivation and run with it. But, uh, like, I, I guess he didn't realize that he's talking with a person who like, if I get 50%, hap- I'm like, oh yeah. And then it's like and then I realize, oh crap, fifty means I can't go to the next one. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna push for 60. Yeah, I did it. I got sixty. Thank God. <laughs> Why? Well, I do have this reading thing that I know about, and my ADHD right, yeah, is yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. But like I can do other things. I'm I'm a helpful person. I'm great with construction work and that. I am an excellent problem solver. But uh the way school is, I
1: well, you, uh, th- this is just... why
0: I've always said I am wise and not smart. Is because I cannot take something and reverberate back to you how I've heard it, and I cannot read something and tell you that, but I can get the point across. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely, y- yeah. Well, I mean, it's it kind of. I mean, so do you think maybe that there is a? Um, so I mean, Lydia always still has some animosities towards Glam or Sebastian, towards him, uh, do you feel that that comes from the attention that he gets and the pressure that's put on him to succeed, despite the fact that she is perhaps just as good as him? I think it's a
0: push-pull issue. Uh, She hates him because he was always on the pedestal and she wasn't. Mm -hmm. But then on top of that she probably kind of turned her eyes to the fact that he got beat. Mm -hmm. And he got verbally and verbally abused a lot. Mm -hmm. And of course, she probably didn't really see that much of it.
2: Mm, But
0: when he left, she probably realized it. And then, of course, it flipped. And she's like, I can't believe he left me with him you know it's not just like oh my god i can't believe he's the picture perfect person and uh i'll never be able to be him and he's getting all the spotlight and i'm not getting any of the attention Mm -hmm. but also at the end of the day when it flipped it was he left me with him alone how could he do that to me
2: Mm -hmm.
0: because she's super selfish and it always was showing that she she is super super selfish so (laughs) I feel like she's the kind of person that it was both a push
1: towards I hate him and Mm -hmm. a
0: pull towards I hate him. Okay.
1: So, all right. Um, I mean, I I just kind of bring that up because, again, we don't see her a whole lot, but we do hear her in this one, and she is definitely not nice to him. Like, his mother is supportive, and she is probably the only positive person in the household because even the butler shits all over him. And I don't know why I don't, I've never had some, I've never had someone, you know, clean up after me in the way that a butler or having servants in your household would, um, or at least not growing up. I mean, these days, my dad, you know, pays for someone to mow the lawn. Because I'm not around, so therefore I can't do it. <laughs> it's and he pays for someone to clean the house because n- neither of us are around uh, enough to get it done. And so you may as well, you know, pay for somebody to come in and clean the house, uh, you know, once a week or something like that. But I don't understand why even the butler is so mean to him if this is just... That's the type of person that uh what the hell is his father's name? Uh Gustav? Yes, Gustav. That's just the kind of person that Gustav is. He just shits all over everybody because he is better than them. And they're there and then shit just continues to roll downhill.
0: I feel like he's an oligarch, so it's kind of his position to do so in mm. Russian
1: standpoint right Uh, yeah that yeah that's true that uh, that, that's a very good point that uh i hadn't really thought about that until you just said that but you know there's a lot about russian culture that i've been learning recently that i never really knew and it's kind of weird to think about how i have to thank them because they went to war with ukraine and that's the reason why i'm learning so much cultural stuff about russia well you should just ask uh (laughs) You should just
0: ask um, Jordan about that because he knows a lot of it.
1: It's his I'm whole sure. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Well, I mean, I know he has said things in the past, but I don't know if I've ever heard him talk about modern stuff.
0: Oh yeah, he's talked about modern stuff with me a bunch, but oh, I, I mean, guess we, I, we I never. About. I guess
1: I never asked that question.
0: Yeah, he never went down that conversation path with him. It happens let's I think get I, back I, on topic though <laughs> well
1: i don't know it's nothing well i mean we haven't really strayed, <laughs> strayed too much so i mean because this all ties into how chive shows up right
0: yeah because chive kind of uh...
1: chive is uh what is it he um he is a savant he's a musical genius effectively and he comes from a poor background and so the only reason why he's able to get into the conservatory is that he has to go through the audition process like everybody else, and he has to place first in order for them to make it look like he earned it, and therefore we can make him, we can allow him to come here for free. It's like this really weird political thing where they absolutely want him there, and in a lot of places... Mm -hmm. this maybe this might depend a little bit um because like i think about how elton john for example also went to a prestigious uh conservatory and he did not come from money um and he definitely earned his place to get in there um but it's like there are certain aspects of parts of the western world where yes It's a meritocracy, and therefore, if you come in, it doesn't matter if you have the shittiest instrument because it's all you could purchase, because it only cost you $10 to get it from Long and McQuaid or something like that, but you play it so well that the limitations of the instrument are not bound, are not... Uh, holding back back your potential. And they see that and they'll be like, absolutely, we'll let you come in here and we'll give you a bunch of scholarships and everything like that because we want you here. Because when you graduate and you go on to do amazing things, we'll be like, that's right. They came to our school. They came to our conservatory and we got to teach them. And that means that they'll be able to go after people that do have money that don't have to worry necessarily about scholarships. Or if they do, it's in the... It's in the form of uh, of patronage or bequeathments and things like that, or donations. You know, you get a a, a studio named after you because you dumped fifty thousand or a hundred thousand, and your kid also got to go there. They um, call that whaling in the industry. Yeah, yeah. So it is in their best interest to find someone to do that. It's just that. It, it kind of fucks with the system. You know, normally I don't swear a whole lot when we're doing these episodes, when we're doing these recordings, but there are just so many things here that it's just kind of, uh, unbinding my tongue in a way, probably because of the fact that it's something that is very personal to me as well. Um, and it's just so interesting because of the fact that it's not that Chive is necessarily better than Sebastian, it's political that, that's what there, yeah. they wanted him in there, and he needed to have first place in order for it to be in order for them to facilitate what they want to to let him in um and so like again, the reason why I say, I don't know if this is specifically something that they had to do, and it's more of a thing in Russia because I definitely know over here, like in Canada in the u s and in like the UK and places like that, they absolutely will make exceptions every so often. And there is not as many, you know, machinations behind that happening. Also because of the fact that the number of people that are that good coming from those backgrounds, they're very rare. So you're not going to see them every year. You're only going to see them maybe once every five or 10 years. Because if that, (laughs) yeah, because the other thing about it is that they might not ever actually know that they're that good. Yeah. They might be that good, and then they just stay home. They're really good at singing. They're really good at playing the piano. They're really good at playing the fiddle or whatever. They stay home because mm-hmm. they gotta work, and they gotta you know you gotta put, go back to and they gotta go hopping, back to the floor. Yeah, exactly. They'll entertain and things like that, but they are not going to leave because it's n- it's not even necessarily that they can't. It's that they won't because they feel. You know, that they can't abandon the family and things like that. Sometimes the
0: cage you're in is safe.
1: You're afraid of the outside world. Yeah, there are things like that, too. I so... mean,
0: Marvelous Miss Maisel said it the best. And she said, um, what was that again? It was something along the lines of, uh, like, when you step out into this, you have to step out fully or you'll fail, right? Yes. And, Yeah. And that's and like you can't think about anything else. You have mm-hmm. or not? It wasn't Maisel. That was uh
1: uh wasn't that like one of the managers or something it was the man it was uh was it Sophie Sophie. no 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 no. it's not uh damn it uh Susie Susie Susie. yeah Yeah, there we go yeah
0: Susie (laughs) says you have to go and you have to go full bore into this because you are good enough to get there
1: Mm -hmm. and of
0: course she doesn't want to she wants to hold on to her part-time job or her full-time job so that way she can make ends meet right and she could be the best yeah she keeps toning herself back. And then she turns around and she's like, I only want to do this on my terms, not other people's, because I'm just going to screw it up for them.
1: And, which, uh, which is which is true, funny. But... So one of the funny things when it comes to that is also Midge's background, because Midge comes from a very well-off family as well. So she has certain protections that she is used to having in a way.
0: Yeah. I. I don't know how I would say... Well, there's safety and failure well for kept. her. They're well kept. I wouldn't say they're well off.
1: Well, um, sort of. Well, I mean, come on. Her mom uh, got regular money because her family were oil barons in Oklahoma. Yeah. So and... she has money, and her dad used to have uh, prestigious posting at a university and was going to work in Bell Labs, and then couldn't keep his mouth shut, and so got fired. <laughs> It's nice to see that that runs
0: in the family. But you know what? Let's let's get back on subject here. Well, I mean... It, We're getting farther and it, farther from
1: here. Well, it, it's just a good way to... It, just, just just honing in on Chive. I mean, he's all... He loves doing classical music and things like that. But then, of course, he introduced Sebastian to other, you know, music as well. Because as much as he might love playing some Bach, it's not the same as... Um, it's not Bop. <laughs> it's not papa. <my> so <laughs> you were talking about translation stuff earlier. I watched that particular episode in Russian because I was curious about what were the differences. And that was one of the ones where I sat there and I said, That make no one would say that in English. What the hell does that mean? And so I went back and I watched it in the Russian, and I'm like, so. Basically, what he is saying is that this is like a big bang or something like that. It's and, I, and for whatever reason, I guess either they didn't want to translate that to something that would make sense in English, or they didn't want to spend the extra time to reanimate the lip syncing of his mouth when he says that. <laughs> so I they mean, just so they just kept that word in. They do a couple <laughs> things like there is a uh,
0: there was a Russian phrase that said in this one uh, when chive is saying like well 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 look at what we have here Mm -hmm. and they keep the russian version in too yeah uh and that's you know to help keep the reactions right and to kind of remind you that this is a russian show yeah an english one
1: it's it's It's
0: like i I can't pronounce it i'm the only russian i know
1: is uh kind of a curse so Mm. (laughs) uh i mean I run into stuff like that, that they do in opera all the time, where you'll be singing something that's in Italian, and then they'll just throw in a French phrase, and you're like, what? Why is that here? And then you read some scholarly stuff, and they're just like, yeah, some... I guess the librettist just wanted to show how cultured he was, and so he threw in a French phrase. <laughs> I must,
0: remind, I must <laughs> remind my viewers of how smart I am, and how stupid they are because they need reminding of this. They they just don't understand I can... just how just how abovely intelligent I am compared to them.
1: I mean, considering <laughs> some of the stuff for some of the more famous <coughs> librettists of the past, I absolutely can believe that, which kind of just makes me roll my eyes because now as someone doing operas, there is so much stuff that I end up learning some might say whether I wanted to or not, but because this is something that I actually love doing, of course I'm going to learn it, and I'm autistic, so of course I'm going to go overboard and just absorb as much information as I can, because that's what I do when I love things. Yes, well, I love <laughs> La
0: Pasta, so... Uh... What? La
1: Pasta? Yeah. What's La Pasta?
0: Well,
1: you're in your libretto. I like oh. my La Pasta. Oh, Oh, oh. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> uh, anyways, uh so this Jesus one we Christ. do get introduced to uh to Chive. Oh, Chive gets shown and kind of fleshed out, I guess you'd
1: say. Well, and he starts to kind of break Sebastian in a different way, right
0: Not that... so much break. I would use the term uh he frees un-blind.
1: him? Mm-hmm. okay, that works too
0: you know he showed he showed him like there's a whole world out there, man, You're not just in a cage. Mm-hmm yeah and uh let's move on to episode 10 then this is where we start to learn about how uh how at this time sebastian still Mm -hmm. is going through and sneaking out doing what he loves Mm -hmm. and getting accepted with other people making friends joining a band
1: that's a pretty big deal. Is it is it this one where his dad finds the box, or was that the conclusion of episode nine? I can't recall.
0: No, episode ten is uh leading when, up to that because they, okay. they do
1: their big show.
0: <sighs> right, yes. And then he uh, uh Sebastian uses the hundred dollars he got from uh from street performing to bribe his sister mm-hmm. to cover for him so that way he could uh go play this concert. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the father found out because he's been he's been relaxing, he's been resting his laurels and enjoying
1: himself so he mm-hmm.
0: he misses his technique to hide his journal.
1: Yes, that's and, right because uh, he finds the journal first and then he finds everything else. Yes. And then we finally get the reveal of why the box in episode 5 was so traumatizing for him. Exactly. And and it kind of ends on that note where
0: he, um, Gustav's holding the box. Lydia is behind him with a black eye. And the mom is like, I don't even think she was in that picture. I don't or know if she, she, if she, if she was, if she, she w- like was barely noticeable. And he's basically getting ready to whoop his ass all I- the way to Timbuktu, which let's be honest. That's quite a long ways away, and he'd probably be kicking his ass farther than that. Mm-hmm. So that's when uh, Sebastian decides he's no longer going to be Sebastian and become Glam mm-hmm. because what's the point of living a life of luxury if you are
1: bound to the chair? Well, and this, uh, you know, it's in- we're going to. I've mentioned Whiplash a whole bunch, the movie, uh, and eventually we're going to get around to watching that because, oh my goodness. What do car accidents have to do with this, camera? Oh, I mean, a lot. We'll get to that when we watch that movie, but, I mean, everything about uh, Gustav and Sebastian's relationship is, like, the freaking thesis statement of that movie. Well, you'll know exactly what I mean when we get to it. Fair enough. Uh, but for right now, we'll we'll just stick with this. Um, I, just, I mean, this was a long episode,
0: too. It was, but I do love the way it ended, where Glam throws away the piece of his past that he no longer wants, the, the piece that his father literally used to haunt him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that was like, what, CR7 haunting right there? At least.
2: It's like, that, that uh, brought him down. He's a, pretty he's, hard. A, he's
1: a lich, huh? Gustav's a lich. Uh, Would, was, that, using, was that his phylactery? I'm using phylactery? Pathfinder. Because oh, oh, Pathfinder,
0: okay. so, right. Pathfinder actually has haunts, which are sort of a trap. Oh, uh, They're not like a, okay. a living creature, and you have to defeat the haunts a special way. It's really cool. Watch, I don't know. I, watch I th- the glass cannons. Uh, Strange Aeons or their live episodes. Okay. Or listen to
1: them for podcasts. I know you're going to be flying here pretty soon. So uh, <laughs> well, listen
0: to that because you'll enjoy it. They're
1: really good. Well, I mean, I, I bring up the lich thing because I think that actually kind of works quite, quite well because you can't destroy a lich until you destroy the phylactery. <laughs> so, yeah, but they by... don't have a nose. Oh, my God. Oh, God. That was bad. <laughs> <laughs> How high up does the creature rating go even in D&D cuz liches would be at the very top. No, Can, they're not. They're not? No. That that doesn't make sense considering that the original like the original um campaigns, one of the big ones was you had to face off against a lich at the very end. Oh
0: yeah, and that lich is buffed because oh. of everything. Liches are actually on their own not super powerful. Um Really? It's the levels that you put into them because you can level up your creatures to oh, increase their CRs. Oh, I see. Um, before like before June of this, of 2022, I'm, I'm <laughs> going to date this here before June of 2022, uh-huh. they, the most powerful quote unquote creature that D and D had to offer was the tarasque Ah, it right. was technically invincible technically
2: mm.
0: the only thing stronger than that is a god which you do not fight a god directly right and like kill you have to literally kill all of their followers and then they are invincible and then afterwards is uh i think they called it the legendary worm which comes from <laughs> uh, a D source book that is all based around the dragons uh, oh, oh that kind, is, oh, that
1: kind of worm. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's like not uh, the Dune. Thought, we're, not, yeah. we're not talking Dune here. It's not someone. It's we not gotta go, all, We gotta go kill Shai It's it's not who he
0: he who controls all the pumpkin spice controls all the white girls. This is uh, this is uh, like bigger than Tiamat type
1: stuff. Okay, I see. Yeah. Uh, right.
0: So like the Greater Worm, according to how the game plays, is like so unbelievably super powerful that like the people who show and talk about this stuff are like you don't use this as a creature you fight Mm. you use this as a negotiation tool to make the players do what you want them to do (laughs)
2: because they know that they don't even stand a chance you know this is this is like
0: this is the equivalent of sending the city guard after them but oh, on a god level, I see. Right, this so, is this
1: is running them out of town, right? Well, or, running or them running out of town, of, or running or them, making them off of the planet, do, making them do
0: what you want them to do.
1: <laughs> ah,
0: uh, in I the famous see. words of the odiniers the wonders, doing that thing you do. So,
1: mm. <laughs> oh god, I wasn't sure if you'd seen that movie either. I guess you have. I love that movie. That movie actually made me want to play bass guitar. And then it was
0: taken away from me.
1: So going back to episode uh, ten, um, well, I actually I don't know if there's too much more though. We really need to. We we've kind of covered like the, the the important part. So he goes out and he's gigging, and we we really see where glam comes from. Uh, we see the rise of glam. We could say right. And then we see how he cements himself as, you're right, I am Glam, I am not Sebastian. And it goes back to episode one, where they ask him what his name is, and they try to call him by his last name, where they try to say, Sebastian, Mr. Schwagenbagen, and he's just like, no, it's Glam. Just Glam. Just Glam. Just Glam. And they keep... Another reason why I do not fault him for the glitter bombing is that they refuse to actually they're dead naming him in a way (laughs) so they're being very disrespectful you know it's it's kind of that whole thing about when's the other shoe going to fall right like everything is finally going so well for him you know when is there going to be when's the where's the downside to this where's the tragedy i guess and we get all of that and And how did you get
0: a spoonful of that
1: well and it just puts everything into uh perspective about everything about him everything that we have seen for the previous nine episodes
0: this is one thing that i'll say here and i don't say this too often about a lot of shows now that we have seen you've seen it all Mm -hmm. because i'm assuming you guys have been watching this stuff (laughs) i'm hoping so (laughs) i'm really hoping so uh, it's go not that we, watch it it's, again, it's and not that we actually... don't put these spoiler warnings in for no reason. Exactly, we, we like to use those spoiler warnings. But uh, go ahead and watch it again, and you'll see all of these little nicks and all these little or all these little ticks that happen, and then mm-hmm. you'll realize, like, oh my god, this was very well put together
2: mm-hmm. for
0: a simple YouTube channel where nobody, where somebody didn't have to put any real effort in at all. They poured their heart and soul into this, mm-hmm. and it shows
1: yeah it's kind of funny we're We're finally finished all this stuff, and we haven't even really gotten through to what we normally talk about in these episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's already been like an hour
0: oh yes, so let's let's try to power through this because uh, I do have to get home and eat <laughs>
1: <laughs> all um, right, so after all of that,
0: let's go on to the uh let's get to know the characters and their English voice actors because we did not do this in Russian, <laughs> so Sebastian Schwagenwagen or glam, is voiced by George Hector. Hoctor? Hoctor, sorry. That looks like an A. Um, also known as Rye Hart, Hardy. A. I'm not um, sure. I've only seen it spelt. Not actually. I've, I don't think I've ever heard it. So uh, this is the father of the family. He is a calm and generally quiet man who comes from a very accomplished violinist who verbally and physically abused him to help instruct. To become a better violinist, Glam eventually had an. Well, oh, Sebastian in this case eventually had enough. Uh, left his home and never went back. This is when he changed his name to Glam. Mm-hmm. I think the design was heavily influenced by D. Schneider, the mm-hmm. lead singer of Twisted Sister, especially when Schneider took uh, took up the Senate Court against the Parents Music Resource Center in 1985, which was an. Which was trying to restrict their access to his band's music, along with a lot of other the rock and metal genres as well, because this group was saying music should be censored because music leads to dancing mm-hmm. and dancing mm-hmm. leads to touching.
1: Into, in addition to a whole lot of other fear mongering and scaremongering that was happening at the time, because remember, this was also around the time when D&D was uh, vilified for demon worship. Yes. and we had that really god awful Tom Hanks movie where he goes to a bridge and tries to commit suicide because his, I think it his his player character died or something like that, and so he lost his will to live or something. It's bad. This was back when Tom Hanks was like, this was he's just still trying to become an actor. He, he, he was
0: trying to become it. He, he yeah, he was yeah. he was he
1: was trying. This was like this was pre-big. You know, this is like. This was even before things like Joe versus the Volcano and other, you know, comedy things that he did.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, but you know, like, this is from the... So, again, it wasn't just rock and roll, metal music, and all the other stuff that was happening. There were so many things happening at that time that everyone was just going, oh, think of the children! Despite the fact that we're really doing this because we want to maintain our grip on how society should be happening. Yeah. But enough of those. Do you
0: think his actions were too drastic?
1: Whose actions? Are you talking about Snyder's or are you talking about Glam's? Um, Let's do
0: one and then the other.
1: Okay, <laughs> alright. So I would say that Snyder was... Absolutely not too drastic, especially considering uh, almost 40 years later, people still misunderstand what his music was about. When uh, I mean, not too different from other people where you've got frickin' far right people blasting uh, Rage Against the Machine and saying about how it totally represents them. You know, playing killing, playing killing in the name of at a clan rally or something like that. It's it's poetic. (laughs) It's so poetic. Poetic in a very disturbing way, but still poetic. So from that perspective, uh, no, I don't think anything that D. Snyder has done would ever be considered too drastic. Okay. What about uh, Sebastian? And then let's also
0: talk about glam. Let's consider (laughs) them two different people.
1: Okay. All right. Well, then I don't think anything that what Sebastian was doing was too drastic because we're talking about him writing out the diary and making the diorama and going to all of those lengths to hide them. Because you absolutely know that that sort of stuff would be seen as weakness into his father. So he can't let him know that he has feelings and things like that. And he probably definitely doesn't want his father to read the passages that talk about how he wants to kill everybody in his family.
0: I mean... Well, maybe he does, but if he does, he wants
1: it to be the last thing they hear. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, those sorts of things that he's writing down, I mean i i I sort of feel that there there comes a time in everybody's life where they probably are going to have thoughts like that, and the question is is how do you respond as soon as you let those feelings out um hopefully you do as Disney does, and you just let it go oh <laughs> uh. <laughs> Well, I I mean, or you can do sort of like what Sebastian does here, where he gets it on on paper, and then he's just kind of like, "All right, where's that diorama? Let's let's continue doing my thing and giving me an outlet, so that I don't end up following through on those uh, on those because that's very much something that could lead into a you know a multi homicide suicide. I still Cause... think he should have done it done sound effects. But, uh, <laughs> All right, so let, then let's carry on. Okay, here. so then glam, right? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't feel that I would say anything he's done are too drastic. Even... Uh, I mean, I've talked about this before with like the glitter bombing and everything.
0: Okay, but what about uh, teaching teaching D how... D.
1: Um I would say that that ended up becoming too drastic, and but we also see that so there's a certain thing about it. But I think Glam ultimately understood that what he was doing was actually harmful to D, which is why he stopped.
0: That's probably
1: why he put a time limit on it, because he knew he only had so long before it would show up. That's that's true, too. Um, I think there also might be something about how his time is precious. And um, again, coming from someone who is an educator in a way, your time has value. So you need to be very disciplined in how you give it out. And so you can't just give it away for free. Wow, shots at the tradesmen. What, are you saying your time doesn't have value either? Your no, time no, no, no. has value, the Miles. You, the
0: way you said it made it sound like I shouldn't be included in
1: that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean from his perspective where he is being yeah. an educator and an instructor, and I'm coming at it from the perspective of when I am also being an educator and an instructor. Makes sense. So I have done that where I put time limits and things like that when I'm meeting with people as well, especially if I know that I'm going to go overboard and I'm going to take up time. 'Cause that means I'm going to be losing money because I only charge X amount per hour. And That's it's the nice. same with, and it's the same with Glam. And the fact that he's doing it for free means that he can't do it for very long either. Yeah. And basically. he was trying to be very like v- he was trying to give a whole lot. He was trying to be very time efficient. Um, but it just so happened that it ended up being uh helpful in a way, but probably not what he originally. Ar- yeah. But he still came back from that, which is still healthy to see, considering what he came from. Yes. Do you think
0: the contrast of how life is now and life is then was a good choice?
1: I'm not saying that we needed to see what happened, but they wrote it that way, and they wrote it really well. Do you think that this that it helped
0: to make Lamb so intelligent?
1: Well, intelligence can come from anywhere, Miles. I'm sure that glam is naturally gifted with information retention and I'm sure the years of abuse had an impact on how he uses his abilities such as how the, the almost like, uh, oh, what the heck do they, uh, what do they call those, uh, those, those machines gold, not, not Goldberg, uh, but you know the things I'm talking about, you know, where you have those those machines where, you know, you light a match and then the match, you know, burns a wick and then that oh, wick... Oh, no, you... I think
0: those are Goldberg machines. machines.
1: Right, well, if that is not the right term, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, the like, chain of events. Yeah, well, the fact that he had to have, that he set up something like that so that he could hide his diary and, like, make sure that his window would close and things like that and so it would look like he was still there some of that definitely comes across as he's a very smart person and he's using it for survival and some of that you know is kind of like nature versus nurture right you just do these things because you figure it out because that's how you survive
0: it was a literal escape room
1: yeah when when you think about it yep But with that in mind, I don't see any reason why he couldn't still be as successful as he is if his dad wasn't such a horrible person. So, I mean, then again, going into nature versus nurture, there is no reason to think that he could not be successful in anything that he sought out to do. He very easily could have not gotten into hair metal or metal at all. And could have just been an amazing violinist. And he would have been loved by his family. And he would have loved doing what he would have, what he was doing. And he could have been the next Joshua Bell. Or the Russian version of it. <laughs> well, I would normally let you fiddle with that. But I'm going to carry on
0: here. <laughs> so uh, one little bit of advice here about the voice actor.
1: Uh, right, Harding?
0: Yeah. Uh, He actually directly asked Alina to make an English dub, and he offered his services for the job. He also offered to, like, basically run the the job of doing this.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Everything from finding voice actors to translating to English and Mm -hmm. working out all the idioms in that. Right. Uh, How do you feel about
1: this? Would you... Well, I had wondered about what uh, what audience this was made for when we were first watching it, because I was getting a whole lot of Eastern European vibes, not just because I was seeing Cyrillic writing from time to time. I mean, that kind of sealed it for me when it really popped up, but more just kind of how it was. And I'm sitting there going, all right. We don't really have people like this in North America. Not really. Yeah. They're few and far between. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was just kind of like, where did they find these people and how did they like kind of come up with them? Because people like this, especially just going about their day-to-day lives like that, the way they do, the way the metal family does, again, was just something I'm like, I don't... This isn't actually.
0: Something... I have to disagree with you on that one. They are here. They are around. Mm -hmm. They are kind of underground. But if you know where to look, you find them.
1: Yeah. Whereas I definitely feel, especially from the time I have spent even just in Western Europe, continental. Like, they sure as shit ain't doing this in the UK. (laughs) Yeah, they do. Well, yes, I understand they do because that's like where the Sex Pistols and a lot of the punk came from. Um, but that was also like super underground as well. I just mean more in the sense of people being, perhaps this also is because of the fact that I'm thinking of stuff from within the past 15, 20 years and things have changed a lot drastically over the past, like five, seven years over here. Being out, being out and proud is very different now than would have been when we would have been in high school or especially like when we were growing up in the nineties. I,
0: re- I remember when uh, one of my friends came out and he was like, everybody, I'm gay. And we're all like, calm down, man.
1: We knew. And it's fine. What's for homework in this class now? <laughs> that was my reaction when uh, when my sibling first came out as gay, as one of the first coming outs for them. And when they did it to me, like just saying it to me because I had been somewhere else when they came out to the rest of the family. And so then I come home and I'm having supper and then they come over to me and they say, so I should probably tell you that I'm a lesbian. And my reaction was, you know, this makes more sense than when you brought your boyfriend home last year. That confused me. (laughs) I was so confused. (laughs) This... This makes sense. You know, since we were talking about it, uh, <laughs> this reminds me of when I met, uh,
0: or not when I met, but cause I've, I've known Vincent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Vincent. Mm-hmm. I've known him for so long. Like, we were friends in grade three, and then coming out of high school, uh, like, high school is over. Right. And we're hanging out in the basement, and he's like, yeah, you know, talking to him. He said something about his boyfriend. I'm like, what? I didn't catch that. He's like, oh, I'm gay. I didn't realize you didn't know that. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. That makes a lot of sense actually. Yeah, okay. I mean, okay. It's like you're not mad about that, because you know, I've always been a firearms enthusiast. And everybody, of course, people think that right. being a firearms enthusiast, yeah. I'm automatically right winged. Yeah, no, no, yeah. no. I am not right winged. Yeah. I uh I am a shit disturber. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: So uh I was just like, Oh, that's that's fine, you know, let's talk about it. Cool. I'm I'm yeah. I'm happy for you. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But to bring it back to just the, just the translation aspect of this, yeah. uh, for the most part, I thought the translations were uh, really good. They, they did a good job um, to make sure everything sounded for the most part. Like I said, there are a few points. There's that some I, hiccups. In there, that. There's, there's a few things that I, I do kind of this is one of the interesting things when it comes to translation projects. They're hard to do they require lots of resources and they probably also, sometimes it requires multiple people. Um, Like some translations that I've worked with when it comes to doing operas that are translated into English, for example, uh, sometimes they will end up rewriting entire monologues because the things that were being said were a whole bunch of idioms that make sense in that language and in that culture. And we don't have those idioms over here, so we need to change them into our equivalents. I mean, it's just like in that episode of Archer, right? When he's talking with the guy who's the anthropologist, and he keeps throwing out all these idioms. And he's just like, oh my god, can you please stop that? Yeah, I love that episode so much. (laughs) So that happened a few times here, and I think they did their best... like. I'm not necessarily throwing shit at them. It's like one or two times that it happened. It's not like it was a big deal. I feel that it probably just stood out to me because this is, this is stuff that I live with and deal with every single day. Fair enough.
0: Well, it's nice of you to catch that. Uh, let's move on to our next character uh, Victoria or Vicky, voiced by. Oh, oh. I think that's Kyrie. Uh, Kyrie Queen. Uh, She's the matriarch of the family. No, no, no. She's the mother. Uh, We all know Glam's (laughs) in charge there. Uh, Pulling the strings in the background. Not much is uh, known about Vicky's life before Glam, but she barely attended school, loved bikes, and I mean, like, motorcycles, and met her best friend Anna around the same time. It is assumed she has cut ties with her family. But, uh... Some say she's an angel or a devil, but I feel she's more of a Valkyrie.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that, yeah. Well, I mean, Valkyries are angels in a way, right? I mean, they're spirits. They're warrior spirits.
0: It depends on what your interpretation and translation of what
1: angel is. (laughs) Well, that's what I I mean, right? Uh,
0: Valkyries weren't exactly... A good omen or a bad omen. Whereas angels are generally a good omen,
1: sort of like how demons are a bad omen. Well, but that depends on what you are. I mean, if you're a satanic person, angels Mm -hmm. are not a good omen. (laughs) That's uh, that's true.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh if you're a scientologist angels are not good too
1: uh yeah that that is true as well yes so i mean i mean i think valkyrie you know definitely i mean valkyries like i said they're warrior spirits right yes yes kind of <laughs> uh, look it's, I'm, I'm not a heathen okay it's tricky I don't... <laughs>
0: it's very tricky
1: <laughs> My, well, <laughs> I I also say I'm not a heathen, so I don't I don't this really for know. So long I don't that know. I don't
0: want to go into this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we can save that for another time. But I would agree. I, I would. I'm agree going with to be you, a though. real
0: G in this because I have lasagna waiting for me, and I'm going to be just like that
1: G in lasagna. So I mean, but I agree with you though about saying that she's more of a Valkyrie, though.
0: Yes. Uh, do you think that the family needs such an aggressive individual? I
1: don't know if need is the right word to use here she's there she has some anger issues i guess and that's just how she is she loves her family and she expresses it in her own unique way i think the only issues with her anger is everybody else having an issue with her anger yeah yeah i yeah i'd agree with that absolutely (laughs) yeah Yeah, that, that's all I I, I think I, I can really say, because there's a whole lot of other things I've already said about her. <laughs> okay, let's move on to Heavy. Heavy is voiced by
0: Flynn, the VA. Or is it Va? I don't know. Again, only seen, never actually heard. And I'm sorry if I mess this up from the bottom of my heart. Uh, he is the youngest and tends to look up to those around him, especially his big brother, D. Mm-hmm. He a- Apparently prefers to spend his time with his mother, who shows her emotions more, and isn't a genius as his father is, but still respects him. Did you think that he was named after the genre of music? What do you think of him?
1: Um, I believe as we were watching, uh, his was the name that made me clue into why this series is called The Metal Family. So, yeah, that tracks that his name's that his name comes from heavy <laughs> heavy metal. um as far as his personality goes, well, I wasn't sure what to expect, but he's the youngest, so I guess he he just hasn't grown into himself yet he he's He's just a kid. Well, I mean, how old are these kids anyways? I mean, we know that D is older and D is I guess in middle or high school. Don't ask questions I don't have answers to. Okay, all right, okay. <laughs> I do not know. Okay, uh, he's all the right. youngest.
0: Um, my guess is he's probably around grade three. Yeah. Uh, okay. D is probably sitting up in junior high. Okay. Maybe high school. I, you know what? I don't think he'd be high school if not he is quite. early. School yeah, early high school. I
1: mean, since he is a pretty. Yeah. Well, 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 so, well, well yeah, Since we're since we're talking about that. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to D. D is voiced by, Rad- Rand-
0: Randolph. Casalanos, Kas- Casalanos. Sure. I don't know.
1: That.
0: <laughs> uh D is a calm and intelligent child. I guess he's a boy. Uh he cares for Heavy but still keeps a bit of distance from him despite standing up for him when he needs it. Uh he's quite aloof and has this expression of constant boredom on his face or tiredness. Uh do you think he's too smart?
1: Um, on one hand, I don't believe there is such a thing as too smart, but I do believe that he has a bit of an ego problem, which we have spoken about a bit already. Yeah, all of his ego. <laughs> well, but that comes with the territory of being both a teenager and also being smarter than most of the people that he associates with. He... um. It, Whether it be um, just kind of uh, buying into your own hype or uh, just not having reality come crashing around you yet, those are all sorts of things that can just... When you're at the top, you sometimes act a certain way. And again, he's a teenager. We all acted like shitheads when we were teenagers. We all did. And anyone who denies it is lying to themselves and to everyone else.
0: And those of you who are going through it, do it. Be
1: that shithead. I mean, you're not going to grow if you don't, you know, go through certain things. So you may as well. Look, you know, as adults, we just kind of tolerate it because in a way, I think we there is some understanding that, yes, we did go through that. You think we didn't, but you're wrong. We absolutely did. Yeah. Get it all (laughs) out of your
0: system, because when it's done, you're going to be just like us. (laughs) And you're going to hate it, but you're going to sit back and have the exact same experience. Unless you're like me and not having kids. And then you can just tell other people this.
1: I used to know what it was, and then I grew up. And it will happen to you as well. (laughs) That's not the full quote, but everybody knows what I'm referencing.
0: So uh, let's move on to some of these other people then. Uh, We have Gustav, uh, voiced by George Hector. He is the abusive perfectionist, the father of Sebastian or Glenn. Mm. He is the majority owner of a billiard company, whatever that means. Really? Well, yes. billiard
1: would be like pool, and I guess presumably pool tables, billiard tables. Uh, billiards, as it's,
0: I, I kind of thought it may have been billboard, maybe, but, uh, maybe like lost in translation well, or I something. But I
1: don't know. I, don't I know. mean. So, I mean, billiards is a thing in uh, in in Europe, like going to billiard halls and things like that. Like snooker is a big deal um, outside of North America. Don't talk about food to me. What? What? Did I, what? Snooker. No, snooker. <laughs>
0: so hungry. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Jeez. Then there's a...
0: Uh... You uncultured swine. I'm cultured. <laughs> Cultured in many
1: different ways. It's just that I am hungry and my mind is fixated on one thing. I mean, okay, so I didn't, uh, that's interesting. Well, I mean, he can be majority owner of anything. Again, since they're in Russia. Like and, I said, I think he's an, he's an oligarch, right? I think he's so, just an oligarch, yeah. so.
0: Uh, let's move on to Mary. Mary, she is voiced by Kylie Ann. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the timid, obedient wife of Gustav. She fears her husband and has always been passive with his discipline of her children.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's... I don't... um, So based off of uh, the music that Chive has um, Sebastian listen to, so I imagine he was probably born in the 70s. Um, So again, just kind of that period of time... Culture, I mean, shit. Seventies
0: that... or I, I would say the eighties,
1: maybe, because the kids well, are growing fact up about the
0: he... in like nineties, two thousands. Uh
1: I suppose. I and guess they it depends. Still are on... kind
0: of young. They are the the. My
1: thoughts kind of on it is more the fact that everyone just has a whole lot of oh. vinyl, and I mean, not that people didn't have vinyl in the nineties, but cassettes were a big deal in the nineties. I sure remember cassettes,
0: but you also got to remember
1: this is Russia.
0: Oh, they would that's basically true. only have record players.
1: Uh, that's a fair point, actually. Uh,
0: cassettes didn't really make their way too
1: easily over there. Yeah. Like they were there, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it was right. Few and it's, far yeah, between. that's 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 a good point. And uh, otherwise, they would have just gone immediately to CDs because you know of crime and things like that. And, and CDs are pretty easy to get a lot of.
0: And then that point got ruined. Because uh-huh. such is the way of
1: vinyl. Uh <laughs> But again, I mean, it's just... As a wife, there's not really a whole lot you can do. And in some ways, she's saving herself from his abuse. Yeah. It's not like she's not getting abused herself. It's just that by being timid and not raising her voice, that means that he won't strike her. Or he won't strike her more because we don't know. We don't.
2: Quite frankly, I don't. I don't yeah,
1: I was about to say I don't think
0: I want to know. So let's move on to Lydia. Uh, she is voiced by Randolph Cast- Randolph again.
1: Oh, voiced by the same person as D.
0: Yes, our sister glam, a sister of There is a choice. <laughs> our sister of Sebastian, um, and she's your standard stuck-up, rich, big girl.
1: Uh, what else is there? Not, not much. Well, we don't have a lot to go on, and there are things that we could extrapolate. And I think we've, I don't know, I think we've actually mined that enough in talking about the episodes. So yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, good job, good
1: to... job, Randolph. For uh... <laughs> yeah, like she, she sounds like a girl. Like you
0: did a great job. I'm really, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's move on to Chive, who's voiced by Elliot Cancel or Cassell. Cancel. Maybe I don't
1: know seal you're you'll have to you know tell us yes please
0: <laughs> and i'm sorry again for getting this wrong he chive is a mostly free caring best friend of glam uh who you actually gave name, yeah. the nickname glam to him uh chive is not his real name uh in the show his russian name is actually chess but they changed it when translating he isn't really a hippie but he's more of a relaxed punk And it was said uh, by Alina, the producer of the show, Mm -hmm. the creator, that the universe just loves him.
1: (laughs) So (sighs) there's actually, uh, oh, man, there's there's something really funny that uh, just reading that or that that, that's what uh, the creator had to say about him. The universe just loves him. He reminds me of a Disney character of all things. Um, How familiar are you with the Duck family, Miles? Uh, yes, the mighty ducks. Great family, good well, team. Okay, well, not that duck family.
0: Um, <laughs> no, no, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about Ducktales.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, um, actually, he has been featured in the new Ducktales. I don't believe he featured in the original one, but he was a bigger deal in like the Donald Duck, Scrooge McDuck comics. Uh, in um, uh, all throughout uh. The 20th century. Um, his name is Gladstone Gander, and he is a cousin of Donald Duck. Um, and the reason why uh, it made me think of him is because of the quote, "The universe just loves him." Now, the reason for that is so so Donald Duck gets shit on all the time. He is like the unluckiest person in the world. On the opposite, we have Gladstone Gander, who does fuck all to deserve it, but always just gets everything that he wants. I remember there was a, a comic uh, that I was reading where, you know, Donald is doing everything that he can to try to get some money or try to, like, find a, uh, I think he's, like panning for gold or something like that and and gladstone shows up and he's like what you doing cousin he's like i'm trying to i need to you know i need this 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 to pan out or something like that i need I need there to be a bonanza or something here, otherwise, you know, I'm sunk, I'm ruined, and all that. And he's just like, oh really? And he walks down to a further point, which, you know, would effectively be his own claim on the river. And then he's just like, hey, look at that. And he picks up like a goose egg-sized nugget. And he's like, wow, look at that. And there's Donald just being like, Argh! Argh! Which is kind of the same way that Sebastian, or that that glam reacts at the end of the poker game. <laughs>
0: yes, we could say both of them were driven cr- quackers.
1: Yeah, uh. absolutely. So, is <laughs> so, this kind of funny? I I was not expecting that, but just that, just that description was just like wow that. So, personally, when it comes down to it, I feel
0: like I really chive with uh, Chive. Oh, minus God. the fact the universe is with me. It, it The universe hates me. You just had to say uh, that. I like him. I, I kind of see myself there a little bit.
1: Yeah. Because I'm
0: pretty carefree. I'm not super... Yeah. Go hustle, hustle. It's, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, I can,
1: I can absolutely agree with that as well.
0: And I mean, when I go camping with Dana, it's... Uh, it's very much noticeable because she's like, oh, my God, you know, we got to pack our food. We got to know exactly what we got to eat. And I'm just right, like, eh, yeah. we'll bring some kubasaw. We'll bring some bread. That's all. What else do we need? <laughs> yeah,
1: we'll just kind of sort it out. <laughs> it, it, it's kind of funny. So I had thought that Chive was a nickname. It is. Oh, OK. Yeah, so,
0: Chive is uh, the name that Glam or Sebastian gave to him.
1: Oh, OK. I see.
0: He was wearing green and he's like, Oh, you're like a child. Uh, yeah, right. Okay. And Sebastian, because our uh, tribe uh, kept calling Sebastian glam.
1: Ah, uh, that's right. the kind of music
0: he was liking. Hmm, okay. Well,
1: anyways. So let's move on to the next
0: one. Um, let's move on to Anna. Anna is voiced by Kylie Ann. Uh, she is a cynical, sharp, and possibly self centered radical feminist who cares a lot about Vicky. Fun fact. Uh, Anna met Vicky when she was helped her repair her motorcycle on the side of the road, and she even attended the wedding of Glam and Vicky, mm-hmm. but left before they kissed.
1: Real ah, interesting. uh so was it Vicky that helped repair Anna's motorcycle, yes. or was it, oh, okay? All right, I see. Well, interest. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, cynical self-centered and all that i mean we've kind of talked about this right yeah she and lydia are like two sides of a coin right they they are the same but you know they just come from separate opposite sides One's canadian the other one's american sure let's go with that (laughs) so let's move on which one's which one's the head and which one is the tail uh (laughs) <laughs> Let's move on to Bug. Bug is voiced oh, Bug. by George uh mm.
0: Bug mean? is a grumpy, violent man who kissed Vicky once and was properly knocked out by her. Despite Vicky and Bug or despite this, Vicky and Bug remained on good terms. Even can sit even conning the
1: biker club together, you know, as a Right, like, the whole yeah, she grifting, needs, I should say. Yeah, yeah, she needs money. <laughs> And they're willing to, you know, put down money, and they're both willing to put on a show. Oh, yeah. In Vicky's words, you know put what? on a show. You know what? It,
0: it wasn't even a scam. They were just doing everybody a service. And it probably made their night.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> if, they're, if they're that foolish, you may as well have the money go to a good cause as opposed to something else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh hmm.
0: Let's talk about a few of the other things here. As a musician, Mm -hmm. how do you feel about the relationship between
1: Glam and Gustav? Oh boy, we had to, yeah, we absolutely had to talk about this. Um, Okay, so I'm just going to say, this is something that just happens. It doesn't have to be in music. It can be in anything where the person of authority just has to be a tyrant. There are, are, we all make choices in life. They made their choices, and that is why they act that way. Um, It's something that you see in media a lot, probably because it happens more often than you think in real life. Actually, it might be more often than you hope would happen in real life. But life is stranger than fiction. Um, But there is a big difference in how it is presented here and honestly i actually like it a lot better because of the fact that it feels uh real very real disturbingly real one might would, one might say
0: like all the people on the real show
1: <laughs> no <not> at all. <laughs> <laughs> the real life oh oh god uh, anyway um, uh... well so I, I like it um, and I and I like it because of the fact that it does feel so real. You know, for every person who says that they don't like seeing real life reflected in their media, I say, well, I mm, some of those people I might say you need to grow up because real life is kind of scary sometimes and it's better that you acknowledge that and just accept that when people make things... it kind of reminds me a little bit about how oh shoot what it's the was Max it? principle it's a little bit of that and oh dang it there was a biopic uh done i'm not talking about the sherman uh no 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 no, no not that sherman shit the patton movie um cuz there was a bunch of people that got really upset that uh they glorified patton and they're like patton was an abusive person and you did not Show the true monster that he was on screen. Um, no, there was a there was a there was a Medal of Honor recipient from World War II. He was a he was a tiny guy. He was like five foot three or something like that. And when they made the like a a, a film about him or something, they cast a guy who was like six feet tall. You know, like beautiful chiseled look and everything like that. And uh, apparently, the reactions from his family was like. Dad didn't look anything like that. He was a tiny man. And even better is that what they were saying is, like, for every person who thinks that the stuff that they showed in the movie was unbelievable, that's not even half of the shit that he did to earn the medals that he got, not even, like, getting into how he got his Medal of Honor and things like that. And, like, you would not believe it if we told you the things that he did, but were actually real. It's sort of like the opposite of uh,
0: 1917, because the 1917 characters that they were based off of, uh, they actually look a lot alike them. Mm-hmm. like them. They went out of yeah. their ways to find the yeah. people that
1: look a lot like them it's, and actu- them. it's actually kind of interesting where these days there is more of a focus put on trying to actually replicate. If you are doing uh, famous people from history, you want to try to get as close to what they would look like, how they would stand, and things like that. Although, sometimes that goes in really weird directions, such as what we got with uh um Freddie Mercury uh, for the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. But, you know, that's a discussion for another time. Yes, it is. This has already gone long, long enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Unlike
0: the Bohemian Rhapsody itself, uh...
1: Well, I yeah, I mean I'll just <laughs> just just say that I really liked it. Uh like there's Let's, a whole bunch we've already said about it yeah. too.
0: So uh what do you think about the direction of this show? Do you, do you... yeah
1: um, I, I enjoy it. I mean I'd already said about um with it feeling like reality T V the way reality T V should actually be presented. Yep, okay. Like I will absolutely I don't mind watching you know twenty two minutes of a family trying to get through um uh um a lock uh, an escape room. an escape room there we go uh because I think that there's probably a lot that could be found just from the general drama of how is this specific family going to react when they go into an escape room they so There has to be a certain way to get it done to just try to get them forget that the cameras are there. And that's, I think, one of the hardest parts when it comes to reality TV. Because so people play it up. I have to ask you the question then. Have you seen Modern Family? I have not, actually. I okay, haven't watched might... any Modern Family. We might have I've to heard... put that
0: one on the list. Because okay. I didn't really like The Office. Like, it was a good show and I respect it for what it did.
1: Yeah, I bounced I hard did... on The Office as well. I did
0: like Parks and Rec. <laughs>
1: Haven't checked that one out, mainly because of the fact that I bounced hard on The Office. Yeah. And, and since Parks and Rec was like in the same vein, I was just like, no.
0: So I found that it was sort of like, it, I'm pretty sure it's all the same director mm-hmm. or like somebody's st- yeah. kind of coordinating it because uh, The Office to me was like, meh.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: then Parks and Rec was like, okay, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then Modern Family is like, okay, that's that is good.
1: Well, no, it's that just. Is really good. I think that I think some of that is just evolution. Yeah, I think you, it's just the evolution rep, of repetition, it, right? and you figure out what worked really well, and so you work on that, and then you try to get rid of the chaff. Exactly, and I think it really shows there. But, anyways,
0: carrying mm-hmm. on. Um, All right, <laughs> fair enough. So, what do you think of the editing and
1: animation? I have to say that the animation is really good for something that is homemade. And I've said this so many times already that the editing gives it that reality TV feel, but the like reality reality TV feel. No, no.
0: Not reality TV, Realist, the real
1: TV. The real TV, yeah, yeah, abs- Yeah. Make a distinction. You're right. Yeah. So this is real TV. That's that's what it feels like to me. I love it. I thought it was great. Okay. Uh since you are a musician, what do you think about the music? Uh, I did enjoy it, the the music, like the OST and everything. This started as a music video itself, right? Uh, yes, there is a quote-unquote pilot episode, which
0: is sort of a music video showing how Glam and Victoria met. Uh, The song playing is The Story Ain't It Over by Anastasia, and I personally love this whole song, and the video
1: as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the only reason why I brought that up was because that was also the first thing that you showed me, and I was like, oh, well, that was a fun music video, and then you were like, oh, but the story ain't over, Cameron, and (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Consider it part of punishment. Uh, (laughs)
2: Yeah.
0: uh, what What else did you think about the soundtrack?
1: I I appreciated um all of the different influences that um uh what what was the name of the the person who was doing that uh Alex Alex Voss yeah. that was the person who was doing all of the the OST and everything yeah I really liked how every individual episode had something that fit with the theme of the episode the only thing that felt strange to me and I absolutely understand why they did it is when Chive gives a Bach album to when he get, when he gives the record to Sebastian and has him go and listen to it and it's Twisted Sister. So we were watching this in a translated dub that was presumably produced in America. So that means that by it it being produced in the U.S., it is beholden to U.S. copyright and things like that. So what we got was something that sounds like we're not going to take it, but is legally distinct enough. So that you can't be sued, and it won't get taken down for copyright infringement, or it won't get, you know, silenced and all that other stupid bullshit that YouTube does these days. What are you talking
0: about? This was an alternate reality, and this is not the Twisted Sister that was there. That Except
1: real. when you watch the original Russian, and you get to hear, we're not going to take it. Fair enough. But that's... <laughs> That's that why was,
0: we did the English version and not the Russian one. So that was the
1: only thing that had me kind of cocking my eyebrow. Because I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is supposed to be We're Not Gonna Take It. Because that makes a lot of sense. But that's not the song that's playing. And then, of course, I, again, was... I There were a couple of choice episodes that I wanted to listen to the, in the original Russian. Because I was curious what it sounded like in terms of the cadence and things like that. Um... Uh, just in terms of the flow of dialogue and everything um, and because I wanted to know what that Babach thing that Chive talks about and I'm like what the hell does that mean in English and then it's like oh I understand what that's talking about in Russian because the translation the subtitles do not call it that and they call it something else Yeah. Um, so in that one they are playing Twisted Sister and I'm just like ah uh, I get it. I get it. It sucks and it's not their fault. It's the it's the reality of the US, honestly. It's it's bullshit. Yep. So uh
0: as a final <laughs> as a final crescendo, I'd like to ask, are there any final no.
1: <laughs> I kind of feel I had a really good final one with saying, you know, US copyright is bullshit.
0: <laughs> hey, without that we wouldn't have the Oh, God. Patent laws. Oh, God.
1: I mean... (laughs) That's patented, too. You're not allowed to use it. I mean, you know, Mickey Mouse would be public domain by this point, if not for Disney lawyers, you know, lobbying so much to continue extending uh, how long after a creator's death before things can go into the public domain. And that's and that's just so the freaking corporation can continue holding on to it. That's why I say it's bullshit. Because it has nothing to do with artistic integrity or artistic freedoms. It's not bullshit, it's Mickey Mouse bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, man. I'm starting to get tired, and I think this was a great <laughs> episode. If you haven't noticed, I've been punning off like, no tomorrow and talking about food. <sighs>
1: Uh, oh but this was so good like this was so good and there's more to come which is even better yes there is there is a whole second season
2: Mm. Uh, they've
0: released a few episodes by now but we'll get into that once the season comes out nice Uh, on this ending uh, thanks for listening to us I am Miles and I am Cam and we'll see you next time Yep. see you then we'll hear you next
1: time even better